Okay, first of all, who is going to be here Sunday, Shabbos, Hanukkah? Just taking our yearly uh, poll. Uh, a few people. What? Maybe? Uh, there's no Masiba at 9 in the morning, right? We assume? Okay, well, we're tentatively going to schedule, but we're going to uh, have it on the Shabbos daf and send that announcement, so please check the daf beforehand. But uh, there is a heter and a hider and a mahadra mahadra to learn on Hanukkah, so we're going to try to uh, schedule it in. We introduced Cheskio HaMelech last week. We're going to Amitz Hashem, be discussing him and the various Cheskio HaMelech's decisions and Nisianis, probably over the next couple of months. Uh, let's go back to Malachim Bey's Perak Yudches, We can go back to Pasuk Hey. We saw Hey involved already. Hashem Elokei Yisrael Batach. Many, many golden midas. Bitachin is going to shine through. Achor of Lahaya Kamayu. Some say even more than any other king, including Dovid Shlomo. In this particular midah, others say no, it just means after Dovid Shlomo of the other Malachim and we have Baruch Hashem, many in the category. We have Yeshio Amelach coming. Tzitgeo uh, Amelach, who's a tragic figure, but also a tremendous Sadiq. So, Baruch Hashem, uh, there are many other to compare to, but comments in this particular midah, he surpassed them. Achrov Laya, Kamayev, Chamach, Yehuda, Asher, Hayu, Lefanov. Vidbach, Pashem, Lasam, Achar, Vishma, Mitzvaisav, Shatsiva, Hashem, Es Moshe. Vahaya Hashem, Ima, Vachal, Asher. Yetzay, Yaskio, the Yimroi, the Melech Asher, Velo Avadoi. Here starts the trouble. Normally, this is a criticism. When to rebel and when not to is a difficult decision in life. Most of the civilians here don't have that choice. You have to pay taxes, whether you like it or not. His Merida was stopping to pay taxes. Melech Asher had come already. He had already exiled uh, much of the Asaras Shvatim. More to come, but the process began. And when he threatened to move in on Yehuda, the deal was that he didn't spell this out, but he wasn't interested at that point in trying to conquer Yushalayim, but he let it be known that he's in charge. And now you're a vassal state and you've got to pay me some ridiculous fee, which he was doing at the beginning. And now the Pesach says, He didn't start an armed conflict yet, but he let it be known that he's not really interested, and the Merida was he stopped paying taxes. And that doesn't happen overnight, and the ruling monarch doesn't find out necessarily overnight, but he will find out soon enough, and he's not going to be too happy about it. Again, Chazal, do not criticize this move. Even though Hosea was the last Melech of Yisrael, who we began discussing, does basically the same thing. And Melech Asher moves in. He did already in the previous program and uh, sends everybody into Gullus. What's the difference? Anybody want to volunteer? Same act of defiance. The basic difference is Hosea, although at heart he was a proud... Yid, 
and he felt this is not right, and we're an autonomous nation, and we're not going to take any of this, many foreign monarchs who think they're conquering the world. He had absolutely, unfortunately, absolutely nothing to stand on in terms of the spiritual standing of the Aser Sashvatim, or lack thereof. The Ruchnias and the Aser was Kemat non-existent. So if you want to rebel, this is a real Hanukkah story, and you want to take on odds that are very, very lopsided, and in terms of Ishtadlis on paper, it doesn't make much sense, and you're doing it purely for Ruchnias because you can't do mitzvahs, and you want to rebel because Klai Yisrael won't be able to function with all these gezeras against mitzvahs. This is the story of Hanukkah. It's Matisio's decision. So then, if you are a Baal Madrega and a Baal Bitochen, and HaKosh Baruch Hu and his Rachamim deems it that we deserve a partial Yeshua, then we're going to have the resulting story of Hanukkah. And the Yeshua and the message of Shemayim that you're on the right track even though you took on odds that are impossible. And I'm going to let the neighbors burn to let you know that it was the right decision. All of that, unfortunately, we're in Bayez Rishon here, not Bayez All of that is going to be missing in the Esau Sashvatim. And Melech Ashur perhaps understood, I don't know if he understood any chile between Yehuda and Yisrael, but he's going to attack Yehuda soon also. But he's going to be made to understand very clearly there's still a difference between Yehuda and Esau Sashvatim. And Esau Sashvatim, he will move in and take over relatively quickly because they have nothing to stand on. And their defiance is hollow, and it's based on their sense of uh, nationalism and pride, and, which in a vacuum is good if it goes together with terror mitzvahs. Without terror mitzvahs, it's irrelevant. That's the problem. And Hanukkah today is misunderstood, depending on if you're keeping it from a from perspective or not yet from perspective, it's a completely different holiday. Is it about uh, and autonomy? And pride, or is it about the inability to keep mitzvahs and therefore we have to do something even though it's going to be Rabbi Yad and there's nothing we could do? That's a perfect, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, depending which side you're on, a perfect introduction to uh, Hanukkah. And the Assessor Shvatim feel, Hoshea feels, that they can't do this and they can't get away with this and it's not fair. And therefore we're going to have to stop paying taxes. And that's exactly what they did. And Malach Asher came and took everybody away. And now Chizkiyahu Amalek is doing the same exact thing. And it, at the beginning, somebody's going to get very nervous. Uh, it looks like it's not going to work either. And it's going to come very close. And he is going to have Ms. Nagdim in his own camp who are not only going to disagree, but they're going to switch sides. And they're going to represent this is, if you don't know the end of the story, which you do, because you know Chizkiyahu Amalek lives and you know from Pesach, we uh, actually have it in Agada. This is one of the Chatsi Alayla. He's going to be saved, and it's going to get very, very close. So we always think, well, you're looking at it objectively. Everybody knows Chizkiyahu is going to win. Like, don't get so nervous. Well, his own cabinet wasn't convinced, and he gets deathly ill on the eve of the invasion. He himself almost doesn't survive. And Rav Shake switches sides. He's a formidable opponent. Shevna, he had very, used to be Choshev people, who had a following, switching sides. And lest you think, Baruch Hashem, we were never in a battle and we never had to run a cabinet, lest you think that's a small thing, uh, Mashal Klai Yisrael went with them, or wanted to go with them, and certainly psychologically understood where they were coming from. 
So what's going to look very pushered, because we know the ending is going to be so not pushered until the last uh, second. Uh, we're not going to know which way it's going to go. And the chilek between Hoshea and Chizkiyahu is not going to be very apparent when you start the story. Even though I have to tell you now, because otherwise you're going to wonder, he's a tzaddik, Hoshea was an Oven of Azar at the end of the day. Okay, he let Klai Yisrael go up to Shalayim. I didn't tell you the full story yet a few weeks ago why he allowed that. We already had a Ramitz and Rashi that the Dana Basel was already destroyed. The Avodazars weren't there anymore. The Agolam weren't there anymore. And the kingdom come out wasn't there anymore. So why not? Look like a nice guy. Get the yoke off of my shoulders. They can't blame me for not letting people go. Let them decide. And then he threw it on them and they didn't go by and large. And therefore, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And they went into Gullus. What was also playing in the background here is a Chizkiah Melech. And I will document this from Divrei Yamim. Chizkiah Melech actually reached out in a very strong way to the Yerzhah those that were left, to join him. At least in the Karben Pesach, at least in the Aveda, he let them know, it's not political, I'm not asking you to join me and destroy the rest of the kingdom, I'm not looking to take, take away your kingdom. He sent this to Hosea. But it's pretty bad, and you're already in trouble, and some of you are going into Golos already. Imlach Shavei do tshuva, come back. So it's a lot more meets the eye of Malachim Bey is going on over here. And that's part of the reason, to his credit, why Hosea said, okay, whoever wants to go can go, which had disastrous results because most people didn't go. But they tried, and he gave in because he wasn't as bad as the other kings, even though personally he was still an Oven of Adazara. But Chizkiyo made a very strong push in a very friendly manner for Kiruv. And he let them know, I'm not interested in bringing you over and destroying your kingdom. And if you survive this, you could. Stay as king of the Assessor Shvatim, and you can still have the Assessor Shvatim, but come for Pesach. A nice invitation, come for Pesach, bring a carbon, join us. This is all going to be in the backdrop of what is going to be put forth as a program by Chizkiyo, and it's going to save the day for Yehuda. And that's one of the reasons in the background why Hosea allowed them to go and took down the guards. So it wasn't just his brilliant idea for good or for bad to throw off the yoke of the responsibility, or maybe there was a pintaliid, we hope. And he really wanted some people to go. And some people will go. But it's not going to be the masses. So here's Marid over here. Yimur B'Melech Ashur has backing from the Chachamim of the time and had the backing of Das Terah. And he felt he had to do it because it wasn't Yushalayim's time to fall or to be under somebody else's jurisdiction. And it turns out he was right. But it was pretty frightening as it went along, as we shall see. Yeah. He will end up relying on Yeshaya. Yeshaya will give a number of Nevuas. Um, we don't know exactly which day each one was given, so we don't know which came first. Uh, Yeshaya will back him up. It's not Yeshaya backing him up. It's Akash Baruch Hu backing him up. He was a Tzadik Yisraelim. Not Stam. He was from the greatest, Lamachadez David, and that's why the Pasuk introduced that his Bitochen was unsurpassed and unparalleled, and he felt... They didn't really need an open nevua for this. He felt that Yehuda is doing tshuva, which they were. I, I don't want to use such a modern expression, but Chizkiyo uh, of all kings hit the ground running. It's, it's incredible. The Pasuk makes note of it, and we, we will see as we go along. His father was Achaz. I want to remind you of the context. This is why it's so important in Navi to remember the previous program. His father was Achaz. His father started off as not such a great king, but got significantly worse as things went along. He goes down in history as a Russia, 
Close down the Mikdash, close down the Beis Medrash. Not a friendly person in terms of the Ruchni Sekhle Yisrael. And yet his son, I always speak of the zigzag, but this has to be explained. His son not only became Chizkiyo when he was king, like the first day, rolled out a program. And the Pasuk is going to use the word in different Yom and Pisayim. Pisayim means all of a sudden they just didn't know what hit them. In a positive way. That the, how did he become such a tzaddik? He said, this didn't develop, he became Baal Tshuva. Yoshio is going to do that. Yoshio grew up knowing nothing. And he's going to have to figure things out himself slowly. He did it pretty quickly because he was a young man. But Chizkiyo became king, and most of this is going to happen in the first year. He starts paying taxes. He starts cleaning up the base of Mitish. He reaches out to the Yisrael which was never done before, sent Shlichem, didn't send one message, sent Shlichem, who were ridiculed and harassed by the masses. I wouldn't want to be one of those Shlichem signing up so quickly. Imagine sending Shlichem to, quote-unquote, enemy territory. They were hidden. Standing on the mountain says, send them a message, they won't mind at all, just invite them all to our kingdom, we're making a grand Pesach. They went, most of them were harassed and ridiculed, and some of them got through to some of the people. This is all done very, very quickly. So how does Ahaz produce uh, Chizkiyo? So to the uh, credit of Ahaz, as we explained when we learned about Ahaz, a lot of it was due, his breakdown was due to the emotional and psychological pressure of the time of Ashur and the other disasters that were going on. And he wasn't as bad as the other kings. Menashe, we're going to have to really figure out. Menashe's Chizkiyo's son, he lived after the Yeshua, after the Nisim Gluyim. And he became an Asha. Achaz lived at a time when everything was going down and he couldn't handle it. If you remember, he was offered by the Navi Beferish or Simon Minishamayim. Whatever you want, pick your Simon, pick your Nase. And he didn't take it up because he didn't want the Achrayas. He was doing Avarazar and he didn't want to change. But he was a, more of a weak personality. And it's pretty clear, all the Mephoshim point this out, it's pretty clear that he gave his son a good Cheder education. He gave him Yesedis and Amuna, let him be from. His wife was, the queen was probably from. The queen saved him with the salamander oil from the Meilach, so she was already on the ball. And Chizkiel grew up from despite Achaz, and Achaz didn't get in the way, which is unusual to say the least. Uh, Yeshiel is not going to have that luxury. And he starts his kingdom cleaning everything up against everything his father did. And the people were astounded in a positive way, but they, uh, they followed they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna clean up as well, and they're gonna help him. Yes. Um, is there significance that Chizkia calls his son Menashe from the Tzeresh that we just destroyed? Is it intentional that he called him after? It wasn't Menashe. Wasn't a human name. I mean, so why is he called his son Menashe? I don't know. Was it because of some connection to the Tzeresh Who do you think it was after? You mean as in the Shevet Menashe? Yeah. No, you have Ephraim and Menashe, the original, who were big tzaddikim. Interesting, I didn't see anybody comment why he called him that. The original name Menashe is Lashon Nashani, that Hashem helped me forget what was going on before. That would actually fit over here, because Chizkiyo basically broke with whatever his father was doing, and he forgot everything and just turned over a new leaf immediately. So I think the name is a... Let's see, a positive uh, name, although, remember, the son wasn't born right away. He was born much later. So it wasn't like he had a son as soon as he became king, and then he, remember, he didn't get married, which is going to almost get him killed. So maybe it means I forgot the troubles I had, meaning the siege of Ashur and the Yeshua, 
and my sickness, maybe it's not that, but the, usually Menashe conjures up something to that effect that it's a, uh, I'm forgetting, I'm the ability to forget uh, the past in a positive way. Right, right, right. Although, remember, the Asas Shvatim is really Al Shem Ephraim more than Menashe. If you want to really reach out, and I think that would have been too much. He was trying to send a mixed message on purpose that I don't want to scare you. I'm not trying to close down Asas Shvatim and have you join over here politically. That really would have been the move to make, and he probably would have liked to do that not for his own covet, but for Klaiso. Klaiso says every night. He knew that wouldn't work, so he sent a message. I'm not trying to do that. Just come for Pesach, come Alila Rego, come to Yishalayim, get some Ruchnias. That was the message he sent. So to name it Ephraim, you know, could have been misunderstood. So maybe that's why, uh, maybe that's why he avoided it. Interesting, interesting question. Yeah? What would be a bigger finish, that Chizkiyahu followed his father successfully, or that, uh, you know, that Menashe followed his father unsuccessfully? Yeah, that's the old Shiloh when it speaks it's about, like, Rashi speaks about a Chumash that Yitzhak Avinu Davin and Rifkimeinu Davin. So Rashi says, Tosh Baruch listen to Yitzhak Avinu's Tfilas because Ein Adem Tfilah but Tzadik Ben Tzadik or a Tzadikis Bas Rasha. So everybody discusses your question. He says, well, maybe the Tfilah but Tzadikis Bas Rasha should be accepted first. She had to work harder to become a Baal's Tshuva. He was a Tzadik Ben Tzadik. So, we're not negating the power of the Baal Tshuva and the Baal Tshuva. Some say it's just Chosavus. It was their Tefillah plus the half Chosavus and that the Baal Tshuva Maisa doesn't have. Others say that it's sometimes easier to just reject everything you had. Just whatever you see, do the opposite. Versus Yitzchak Avinu had to take everything his father offered and make his own derech in terms of whatever midah he was supposed to stand for as one of the elders of Klai Yisrael, and, which he did successfully, of course, but that was difficult. So those are the two possibilities, and it could be both Mahalcham are true. Over here, with Achaz, he rejected most of it, but Achaz still gave him some education, or else he wouldn't have been able to start this so soon because he couldn't have figured it all out. So he couldn't reject everything because the Chinuch he had, was, part of it was actually Altairus HaKedish, even though what he saw his father doing was a complete contradiction. So that could have been very confusing. That's, that's worse in a way because uh, you send your child to yeshiva, this speaks to all of us, and the yeshiva is teaching wonderful things, Altairus HaKadosh, and then the father says, yeah, I sent you there because it is the yeshiva, but you don't have to listen to everything. Just, you know, you can follow me a little bit, and uh, you know, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be that good. So that sends a very contradictory mixed, mixed message to the child, and that can be very confusing for a child. So on the one hand, you want to encourage a parent to send to the best yeshiva possible, on the other hand, if they're going to confuse the kid, it could be worse. So the eights over there is not to downgrade the yeshivas, to upgrade what's going on at home. But not everybody wants to do that because that's not so easy. So that's, uh, Chizkiah had to overcome that, but to his uh, immense credit, he did. As I said, I just warned you, Menashe, when I get to for a while, well, give us enough time to figure everything out, but uh, Menashe is, is harder to understand than what's going on over here. It was also a product of the time because even after the great Yeshua, 185,000 troops dead in one minute, they weren't out of the issue completely. Asher was gone, but they were still left with a relatively small area and a weakened state. 
So the theme that uh, many like Manasha held is that, yeah, we got a reprieve and that was amazing and yeah, Hashem did that, we'll even admit that, but long term it doesn't look too good, which was wrong because we're still sitting here learning about it. But sitting there then, it's hard to, uh, hard to know. I don't want to be Muhammad's it's too much Manasha, but that was part of the thinking. Okay, so there's a lot going on here in this Pusik. Yimri b'melech Asher I'm just trying to explain why he did that and why Chazal find that to be a good move as opposed to the exact same move in the Esai Sashvatim. And that was a very bad move. Pusik Ches, Huhika es plishtim ad Aza, despite the small numbers of Yehuda and Yamin, and the army was not that large and not well equipped, but enough to, he had siyat tashmaya to now despite his small army. Sounds familiar, Plishtim Araza. And he conquered their fortified cities and their unfortified villages. He which again, many Chazal seem to indicate he had many names. This is Sancheirv. And now he conquers, he starts conquering Shamran. So what happened? As we just explained, he sent out the message, please join me. Hoshea agreed. Most of the people didn't come. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for the Aserah Seshvatim. And they are now going to be destroyed piece by piece, unfortunately, and sent into Gullus. Pasig Yud, Yokadua, Mikzei, Shalosh Shanam, Vishnah Sheh the capital city of Shamron was conquered. No, this first part was Chisio's uh, conquest. Yeah, it was Chisio. Was, uh, was Chizkiyo, was just cleaning up the immediate area right near Yehuda to secure. It was on and off, and Pishtim kept pushing back, back and forth. And so Chizkiyo just broadened his boundaries a little bit. It happens to be that it's clear that he came down south also before, because why was Chizkiyo subject to paying taxes in the first place? So it's not the first time he was around. Now he's coming back because Hosea did the same thing Chizkiyot did. He stopped paying taxes and he let it be known that I'm not going to stand for this anymore. And Sancheyev came and said, okay, you're all, uh, you're all leaving now, which uh, he succeeded in the Assets of Shortam, unfortunately. Again, we don't know exactly where these are, but he put them all over the place, as I pointed out last week, even as far the Navi Avadja talks about the Gullus that went to Spain and France. And one of them was the uh, Gullus of the Aserah Seshvatim. Not all of them, but some of them reached as far as Europe. So wherever these places are, it's not the only places they ended up getting to. And the Pasuk reviews for us why this happened to them. Yud Beis. Allah Shelo Shamu B'Kol Hashem Elokeim Vayavru Es Bisoy Es and then he works his way south, and he very easily, unfortunately, grabs large territory from Yehuda and many cities. 
And Chizkiyahu now knows he's coming to Yushalayim. And rightfully, he's nervous because he just handily destroyed Asar Sashvatim in a much larger area and probably a much larger army. And he did it because they rebelled and they're not paying taxes. And Chizkiyahu did the same Avera, quote unquote. Not in Avera, but in the eyes of Sancheirev. So we know from Parshish Vayishlach, which we just finished, and the Rabbeinu Bechaya, and the Ramban, and the enemy comes, you got to prepare for three things. Tfilah, Deren, that's Bakshish, a bribe, and which again then was called a bribe, because it's perfectly legal now, it's dressed up in different terms. And if the first two might not work, you prepare whatever extent you can for Muhammad, which he's going to do, but he was no match. But got to do something. So he sends him a message in Yendalad. That's being pretty humble. That's a mistake. I sinned against you. Sorry for not paying taxes. I owe you a few years worth. We're going to fix it up. Shuv me'alai, please leave. Whatever you levy as a kanas for the back taxes, and whatever you levy going forward, I'll pay. Esa means I'll bear the burden, which he couldn't really afford. They were quite poor. But he's going to try his best. Whatever that equals in billions of dollars. It was a huge amount. And we're not even sure, and we won't be sure even after we finish, if Melech Asher even planned on making good on the deal. Because the pastor is going to say he paid him, and it's a little unclear whether Melech Asher ever planned on leaving. If he did, he came back shortly afterwards. We don't expect too much because Melachasha was good and angry and I don't want to give an extra stamp on what he's doing, but from his vantage point, like you rebelled already, now I'm coming to get you, so now you pay me. Too little, too late, I'll take your money and then turn on you anyway. So it's, it's unclear whether even at a Havamina of, of cooperating, but Chizkiyo is going to do what he can to try to get rid of him at least temporarily, at least buy some time because he wasn't ready for him to come so quickly and to grab everything so quickly. So he pays. They were very poor. I'll repeat that. They were very poor from a number of battles, and uh, they didn't have the money from the people. He couldn't collect this. He takes, as kolakes and insa Hashem, he has to empty out the temple treasury. Talking about the funds from the Gizbar of the Beis Hamikdash. Now, this sounds eerily familiar because his father did this, and there were other Rishayim who, whenever they short of money, just took from the Beis Hamikdash. Chizkiyahu is not in the same group, obviously. He's doing this l'shem shemayim, and what's the din if it's sakanas tafashis? Can you take money from the Beis Hamikdash? The answer is yes. He has no choice. And it's not like he took from the base of Mittish and kept his own coffers full. He took his own supply as well, and he sent the whole thing. We're trying to pull all the money to be able to pay this bill. This next Pusik is going to be debatable, and it was hotly debated when he did it. After he emptied his own supply and the cash on hand in the base of Mittish and collected whatever he could from the people, I suppose, which wasn't much, and from the ministers and the officers, he was still short on the bill. The bill was, the number given was 
ridiculous, but he had no choice. He told Malachasher, whatever you want, just give me a number, I'll pay it, and that's part of my chuva process. I'm using the word chuva loosely. So after he finished with all the money that he can get his hand on, cash on hand, he needed to come up with some more gold. He peeled off the gold from the doors of the Echel, which he himself put on to fix up the base of Mikdash. It was solid gold, and he peeled it off. It's a way to raise money. We'll see soon. The Mishnah Psachim talks about this. The Gemara talks about it. And many of the Chacham at the time, not all of them, because he asked the Chacham, but many of them felt that was going too far. The question is, why is that going too far? Why is that different than taking the money from the Beit HaMittish? The answer is, emotionally, psychologically, this was extremely damaging. You quietly go into the coffers at two in the morning and you, uh, you clean out the safe. You do what you have to do. Okay, the bill has to be paid. It has to be paid. You have artisans clanking away, banging away, peeling off, scraping off the uh, doors. You can't do that quietly, and you can't do it quietly, but the next morning they're coming, they see the doors are bare. And psychologically, that was damaging, and some even conjecture that he paid the bill with the first cash on hand that he raised, and this he sent as an extra bribe just to be on his good side, which he was doing L'Shem Shamayim. Question is, was this considered too much Ishtadlis? This last piece was the old Shaila of Ishtadlis and Bitochen, and it's only a criticism, even a possible criticism, of Samuel Chizkio for the Rashi and the other Beisha. We spoke about a Shalashudis. He can only talk about a criticism of somebody mentioning to a guy getting out of jail after I did him a huge favor to remember me to Pyro. You can only criticize Yesef, who's a Bal Madrega in Bitochen, of such a move that he should land or stay in jail for an extra two years because of that. His forte, so to speak, is Bitochen. So perhaps this was too much Ishtadlis. For us, we would look at it as a way to raise more money, and what are you going to do? So we have this peeling off the doors. We have yet to discuss what Chizkio was doing. He was doing something we're waiting for for over 100 years of destroying all the barbecues in the deck of all the people which met with a lot of opposition. He was 100% right here, destroying the altars that were being used for Shkut Echutz and sometimes for Avodah Zara. And the people held, how can you destroy that? That was um, used by my Alta Zed, and he brought Heilige Karbonis. Uh, we're going to, he was successful, but that's going to be discussed as well and used against him by his enemies. How can he do that? There he's 100% right. And the question is, why were they still there? We had huge Sadikim who were... His predecessors, Asa, Yehoshaphat, Malchi, Yehudu, Yud, Sadikim. So when we continue, we have to discuss that. Why did Chizkiyo even have the opportunity to do that? Why were they still here? And when he went ahead and continued with his Ishtadlus here, it was Ishtadlus in war, he's criticized, so we'll have to discuss. He has many, many bold moves. The good news is most of it he's correct on, and even the mistakes he makes, he goes down history as the person who will save Klai Yisrael here. We'll discuss that next week. Let's go to the Pelayets. Makrishma is looming.
We left off in Bachar, page Ayin, discussing the uh, Mailas of youth. He's talking about very young, but uh, we're obviously extending the Yisaitis to anybody under 96. Over 96, there's plenty to do as well. As we see, Baruch Hashem, for many Sadiqim uh, and Gedalim who are Baruch Hashem uh, producing, we used to think, I always want to talk about uh, people who are getting to middle age. I always mention my grandmother here in Shira. So I was discussing with her uh, when I was there last week. Helps me prepare all the drushes. I, I mentioned to her that uh, I think we were just discussing about Leib and the Baruch Hashem. He's uh, stable and he uh, should be for many, many years in Mitzvah Hashem because uh, it's only 101, 102 or something like that. And um, you know, in the context of our conversations, that's relatively... Uh, young, and uh, she mentioned to me something, she says, it's possible, she thinks, that in Europe there are people who live to advanced old ages also. She says, we would never know because nobody ever knew their birthday, which is interesting. Like to the tune, not just like a day off, or like sometimes years. You would never, whatever age, anybody asks you age, you were either way older or way younger, depending if you were a man and you were talking to the army officials, or you were a lady and you were talking to somebody who you were supposed to get married, not supposed to get married. They had all sorts of laws, we can't imagine... You could get married, you couldn't get married, the right age, the wrong age, you're supposed to be in the army, you're not supposed to be in the army. So her parents and my great-grandparents, nobody ever knew exactly when anybody's birthday is. And I remember my great-grandmother, she said that was her mother-in-law. She said there was an ongoing machlesi to her and my grandfather, whether her birthday was around Sukkot or Pesach. Like Zereshav or Tesvav, Tesvav. Like, mostly all the same thing. Like they're two different seasons. Nobody, nobody knew, nobody really cared. Nobody, so it's possible people live to rap, but we didn't talk about it so much. So, you know, Amitam, uh, people don't talk about ages too much in the first place. It's just uh, fascinating what they had to put up with. Uh, here we have a situation where people feel society, there's downward pressure that, uh, depending who you're talking to, well, if you're over 25, you're over 55, you're over 85, you're over 95. We have these preconceived notions that, yeah, just relax and play some shuffleboard and you're not really supposed to do much. Uh, the terrorist says not so. Uh, we are supposed to be extremely active in every area. Certainly Aruchnius uh, till the uh, very end, Va'ad Bechlal. And the notion in the Umas that if you can't play a, a very active game of tennis, what good is it, is uh, totally foreign to everything. And that's, uh, again, the time with Hanukkah this week. The Greeks' main focus was on the body, on physical uh, achievement, on, on youth, on uh, muscle, and we're into nishmartem, and nothing wrong with a good workout to keep yourself in tune, but we're not into it to be into it for the idolizing of the muscle and the, and the youth and the athletics. That, is the, uh, that was the struggle between the Mizyavnim and the, uh, and the Chachamim. So when he talks about youth over here, his focus completely is the advantage of the ability to not have the achrayas so you can concentrate, you don't have a lot on your head, which teenagers always think that it can't get more complicated than this. It's funny, the older you get, as we mentioned last week, the uh, youth is wasted on the young. They think, you speak to a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, 25-year-old, they can't say, I, I can't handle this, there's so much achrayas. They, what achrayas? You don't have to, you're not even working yet. You have to pay any bill, what achrayas? But they think every age, it's understandable, I still remember it, every age they have so many things on their mind. How, how much more complicated can life get? So you don't want to tell them, oh, you didn't even begin to uh, figure that out yet. 
<laughs> I don't want to scare them. And, every, and to them, these are real issues. And some of them are. Some of them, they, they themselves look back and they say, that's what I was worried about. But that's the way it goes. Everybody gets to their milestone and they have their peckle, so to speak. But his point is, you have to remind them that this point in life, Lamaisa, on the timeline, is the most carefree, and they have to use it for their growth and their learning and their ruchnius and their development, and not to squander it. Both mitzad, their physical strength, and mitzad, their relative lack of achrayas. To continue on page ayin, one, two, three, four paragraphs down, v'choltuv, asheyasa adam bezman b'acharusoy. All these things can be accomplished with relative ease. And the more he conquers his Yetzahara, the more powerful it is. Again, a person does tshuva till the day he dies. At 117, or 120, or 160, it's always accepted. But the earlier you do it, the harder it is, because the Yetzahara is still quite potent, and if you succeed, the more powerful it is. Share yesh by resichos hadam. He's still hot-blooded and uh, strong. Of the yitzra taikva v'ugibra kavish is yitzra, and therefore it's more of a gevura to be kavish the yitzahar then. Kamaimer abesena zalsa pirshu ashrei ish yireis Hashem ashrei hashav betshuva kishu ish. Kamar brachos ish meaning full gevura of an ish when he's young, younger. And the earlier you have it under control, the more it will become teva, and the more you can grow. That's not to negate the power of tshuva at any time later. It means the earlier you do it, the more ruchnius you'll have from it. Next paragraph. This is mitzvah geres, mitzvah And... If you don't get it under control, it becomes teva in the wrong direction. The more you get used to the negative direction, the harder it is to undo it. Not impossible. It's very hard to change. Not impossible, it's doable. In Kirov, there's an old uh, Machlekes. They're both right. And they're both wrong in a way. When you try to take limited resources, who do you aim at? Youth or middle age, older? So... Common minig is youth, because if you succeed, then they have more years that they can be from, and they didn't get married yet, without a family. That's uh, true. Okay, we don't give up on anybody. The mile of that is, as the Pelias just said, the earlier they change, the easier it is to remain from, and the older you are, the more fixed things are, and it's harder to change. With that said, somebody a little older often has more yeshiva das, and often sees that, hey, life is not indefinite, and the older you get, the more you start thinking about your ruchnias. There are quite a significant amount of people who become firmer when they get older because they realize it's not all fun and games and it doesn't last that long. And that's an impetus to tshuva. And that's often easier than taking an 18-year-old who is beset with all the fun he's trying to have and all the decisions and all the eights of hers that he has as a youth and get him to focus. 
So there are mailas in both directions, and sometimes it's easier. Dafka and somebody is more meyushiv. Got to try with both. So it's better to try to clean it up. I uh, try to tell uh, the people there's a special obstacle today. Everything can be erased. And you do tshuva, they erase everything. It's almost easier, probably as easier, to erase Averas and Shemayim. Every time you do tshuva, so in the Yom Kippur, it's all erased. And the, you do tshuva me'ava, the Averas becomes chusim. Then the problem is, how do you go back and erase all the things you wrote online on Facebook and all the other things, which a lot of them, before they do tshuva, are on? And then you go back and you say, uh-oh, now I'm from or I'm from or how do you erase all that garbage? So go figure. Even if you can get the websites to erase what you wrote, there are five million people who downloaded it to their own computers already. That's becoming an issue. I know, because I've dealt with the um, people that are going out of the Caleb. What do I do? There's so much out there. The pictures, the this, the that. Why people want to share these things, even if they're not from or not yet from, okay, that's the culture. But that's it's a very, very stark reminder. And you did truth already. So in Shemayim, they erased it. But in Shemayim, there wasn't erased over here. We have a computer uh, fell over here. How do you, you have an idea? It's scary. I, I've had people who are like besides themselves. What? Yeah, but here it's uh, like the Chavetz Chaim always says, our bitachon keeps going down further and further, so we have very, very stark reminders that it's really there. Well, now it's all over the place. So just warn uh, whoever you know, just don't do it, even if you might think, I might be right, I might be wrong, don't write it because you can't erase it. Which is, you're right, that's what Lashon Hara does, but these things you can erase. True, the Lush and Har gets around and you can't bring it back from people who heard it. That gets very difficult also. But we have a real, it's not a mushroom, we have a real concrete example of you can't, can't take these, these objects and these images and these words and these, you can't, can't take them back. It's already sent out to the whole world. Very, very difficult. So it's better to think about what you're putting in writing in the first place on that positive note. What does one do? I don't have an easy aid, so I, I asked around. They said the websites, if you beg them enough, and, but the problem is anybody downloaded it on their own personal computer, that, that they have no control over, obviously. Got to be careful.